More chilly than Captain Cold, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast every week on the Laser Time Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Henry Gilbert, that is H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. And uh, I am here with uh, regular co-host Brett Elston. Hey! Every time. (laughs) Hi! And also, The Walking Dave, Dave Rudden. Hi. Hi, Dave. Uh, no Antista this time. He's uh, way on assignment in his room doing, doing <laughs> work on something. But uh, this was a busy day at uh, Casa de Laser Timos. Uh, what's time tiempo? Laser mm-hmm. tiempo. Uh, anyway, yeah, because I posted, I was working all day. Laser, I was working until about two on uh, the today's newest superhero spotlight ah, video, the yeah. History of Colossus. I I feel like I'm getting better each time with those guys, and I hope you're watching them at home. Yeah. So yeah, they're on YouTube now, LaserTime or YouTube.com/slash LaserTime Network. They're also a good like uh, just put on the background while like oh you got a spreadsheet or a something to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can listen to it and then go back to it and see the comic you so desire. Yeah, a couple times when I've done it, it uh, has shown my um, research to be spottier than I Uh-oh. thought. Because or just like in this one uh, that just posted with Colossus, I said. And then he met Sajani, and it is actually Zasanji, Z S A J N E I, not S Z. And so then I just have the how you spell your name on Twitter. It's affecting the way you research. I have the panel up on the screen, and it's just right there. Like, nope, that's the opposite of what I said. But meanwhile, I did find an appropriately creepy scene of uh, Colossus and a very young-looking Kitty Pride mm. when we're talking about that, which yeah. is... I forgot this scene existed. It was from a Christmas issue where somebody had posted online because the plot point was when, you know, Mariko, uh, Wolverine's yeah. old girlfriend yeah. from Japan, Nightcrawler gives her, like, a peck on the cheek, like, hey, Merry Christmas, mm-hmm. peck on the cheek. And Wolverine, like, immediately whips out his claws, like, I'm going to kill you for touching my girl. And yeah. the point in the article was, like, Boy, Wolverine acted way out of character here, like mm. to try to kill Kurt over this. <laughs> yeah. But then the next page was just very young looking Kitty Pride saying, like, hey, Merry Christmas, sexy, and then putting mistletoe over Colossus' head and kissing him. And then he starts blushing, and Kurt's like, ooh, if he kissed him anywhere other than the cheek, his head would have exploded. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Whoa, come on, guys. Wow. <laughs> Calm this down. I think that... Uh, like I'm the I, wiener. Wonder, I wonder if they meant it to that. Yeah, Dave, you, you had to bring it there. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the Superhero Spotlight! <laughs> I'm getting good at these, huh? Yeah. Getting good? You, All talked right. over, you talked over the Select Your Hero part, so if I didn't already know the sound effect, <laughs> I wouldn't know what it said. All right, wait. Now, if I play it again, then I'll have to double play yeah, it Yeah, you'll play it again. Yeah, close yeah, yeah. it. You're right, so, you're right. yes, this week's Superhero Spotlight is on a character that is uh, surprisingly big on television now. Somebody who I never would have thought would have been that interesting to mainstream people, and that is Captain Cold, a.k.a. Leonard Snart. It is an awful, <laughs> wow. an awful real name and an awful oh. villain name. Yeah, it's, uh, but that's what his name has been since his I first know. appearance yeah. in 1957. In case you don't know, uh, Captain Cold is an arch-villain of Flash's. Yes. He appeared on the Flash TV show in the first season. And uh, he is now a 
current regular on DC's Legends of Tomorrow, the the big team-up show of the extra characters from the Green Arrow show. And his dad in the in the show was Green played by, by, oh, yeah, played Michael, by Michael Ironside. Ironside. Yeah, it was crazy. It's it's great casting on the show. He's been around way longer than even I realized. I figure like, oh yeah, he's a Silver Age Flash villain, but he's actually the Silver Age Flash villain. Like you know, when you go back in time and you say like. Oh, who was the first supervillain Spider-Man fought? Well, it's Dr. Octopus. So this, mm. He had fought guys before, but they didn't have superpowers like, right. su- like Dr. Octopus. Same with, uh, you know, Dr. Doom was the first big one for the Fantastic Four. Or, well, in the case of the Flash, his first big one was Captain Cold. Huh. He fought Flash before Barry Allen even had his own solo book. In mm. showcase number eight, which, by the way, I know... I said it wrong in a previous episode. Flash first appeared in showcase number four, not showcase number eight. But by showcase number eight in June of 1957, that is when Captain Cold first fought the Flash and was his first superpowered villain. He was created by John Broom and Carmine Infantino, two huge names in DC Comics history, Mm. both huge dudes. And that's pretty much, he was the Captain Cold we knew from the beginning. That's the guy in a... Kind of goofy parka with kind of goofy glasses who has a cold gun and fights <laughs> and fights yeah. the Flash. Because he doesn't have powers per se. He, he himself has... does not know. He's he's just a dude with a cold gun, but he knows how to use it so well. It is it is very strange. So yeah, his he was the first supervillain to fight Barry Allen. He got it by accidentally making a cold gun by studying a cyclotron which was this old timey atom smashery type thing in the 50s it was cutting edge technology then he finds out that this cyclotron gun actually just makes things cold it can make ice appear out of nowhere Mm -hmm. while he was on a job with his friends they uh like a small time crime they all were wearing these glasses that were supposed to protect them from muzzle flashes of their guns. Uh, it's like, yeah, I'm going to wear that. And I'm also going to put on this parka. <laughs> and boom, he was Captain Cold. He had some crazy schemes, including like freezing the entire central city in ice and uh, demanding that Iris Allen, later Iris West, marry, <laughs> marry Captain Cold uh, like to you know, free the city. But Barry stopped that. And then in... Uh, November 1963, that's when Captain Cold met his best frenemy, Heatwave. Right. His opposite number in the, Captain, in the Flash rogues <clears throat> group, which he's... He stands out from Cold not just because he used fire guns and stuff and he's a pyromaniac, but he's also more like together guy. He's not as... He doesn't have <laughs> as chilly a persona. They're a, the, the original odd couple. <laughs> exactly. But they it, can't agree on what the, the temperature should be in the room. Man. <laughs> Ups and downs. But is it, is, yeah, is it like he's just less wacky villain and Cold? No, they're both wacky. Well, I they, mean, like uh, like Captain Cold would have more wacky schemes, whereas he would... Well, no, it's just that Cold Cold would usually lead. Like, oh. if he brought to, if, the, if a group of rogues came together, he would lead that group of rogues. And then Heatwave would kind of come in and be like... Yeah, but maybe you should follow me. This guy's a drip, huh? Get back with me, Jad in the jazz set. He's a square. (laughs) And that's when he would team up with other classic Flash rogues in the 60s, in the Silver Age, like Mirror Master, Trickster, Pied Piper, the very specific rogues gallery the Flash has, which I some people say, and I would agree, I think, at least within DC, 
He has the second best rogues gallery to Batman. Batman's, I think, has been normalized for us so much that, right? you know, is Captain Cold that much sillier than Mr. Freeze or the Riddler? Like, right, yeah. those guys are all ridiculous, too. Yeah. They're just not... We'd just seen them on TV... So much, so, yeah. Like, 30 years before we were born, yeah. you know? Having never heard of Captain Cold, the fact that he exists in the same... In a comic universe as Mr. Freeze is a bit weird because, you know, superheroes can have similar powers, but villains having a, very, a similar premise in the same universe is odd. Like, have they ever crossed over or met? Uh, they or? definitely have appeared in books together, like yeah. in big supervillain team-ups. Actually, well, he predates him. Captain ah. Cold is from before Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze's first appearance was in Batman... Well, two different times. In Batman 121, he was Mr. Zero Uh in February of 59, so two years after Captain Cold's appearance. And he wasn't Mr. Freeze Mm -hmm. until March 1968. So Captain Cold Mm -hmm. has him edged out there. And also, with Mr. Freeze, this is... This is not mm. the Mr. Freeze spotlight, but he didn't become interesting until right. animated the series. animated series in 92 mm-hmm. or 3 when his first episode aired. Back to Captain Cold. He spent, uh, you know, the seven, 60s uh, and 70s doing rogue team-ups, battling Barry Allen, getting in silly fights and all that. And then, as comes in every DC superhero <laughs> Buckle uh, spotlight, up. well, his isn't that bad, but it is... Crisis on Infinite Earths, 1985 to 86. Captain Cold doesn't go through so much, though there was a bit in it where just all the supervillains team up to fight Anti-Monitor as well. But the big part in it is that Barry Allen dies. Barry Allen dies to save the world. And when he does, Captain Cold is... Number one, Captain Cold didn't know Flash's secret identity. He found it out then. And then once it was over, he's like... Eh, I just don't have it in the... I'm not in the villain game anymore. It just doesn't feel right without without the real Flash there. Mm. And even though Wally West took it over, his sidekick, formerly the Kid Flash, for a time, he wasn't a villain. Like, he became a bounty hunter with his sister, the Golden Glider, who is also very silly. Her power is uh, wearing gold and stealing things while on ice skates. Wow. He'd make the ice, she'd skate <laughs> wow. along with a golden glider, if you will, and uh, who she's also on the TV show as well. Though I was just reading that her, ca- the actress who plays her, has been cast on a new show. Uh. So I'm worried that they're going to be killing her off soon, because that tends to happen to the golden glider. <laughs> but Captain Cold, Snarts, and G- Glider worked as bounty hunters, and they kind of had a like love hate relationship with Wally until he gained a grudging respect for him and admitted, "I guess you're the Flash." Like five, but didn't want to like rogue him. No, he didn't want to. This was in the nineties too, when they were just like eh, every villain's not a villain, or these right. guys are old and hokey. Let's make them bounty hunters. Uh, Let's do all this cornball stuff. In the late nineties, then there was a big crossover that doesn't get talked about all this much, but it's Underworld Unleashed. the uh, The premise of it was interesting that it was just a bunch of stupid old villains uh, like Captain Cold got big power boosts by selling their soul hmm. to the devil. Well, mm. technically to Neuron, who is a minor, well, a major DC devil. Like, he kind of is in charge of hell. You'll actually meet the real, like, Lucifer if you look for him. But Neuron's pretty much Lucifer, or at least was pre so like a crisis. Mephisto kind of thing? Yeah, or? Mephisto type, pretty much the same, except he's a, a blonde dude. Mm. With a, I swear there was even, in the Marvel vs. DC card set, which I, I gotta pull up, I gotta find like scans of all those, because those were amazing cards. But 
those cards always would have the they had the matchups you'd never see in the comic, right? Like, like Neuron versus Mephisto, and I swear there was one of those. Mm. So as part of Underworld Unleashed, the uh, Captain Cold and a bunch of the other rogues sold their souls to get more power and decided, hey, you know, we will kill the Flash. We're going to do it. Then the Flash turned their minds around and ended up saving their lives and Jesus. getting their souls back. What so a, What a good guy. <laughs> what a good guy, yeah. Okay, so then Captain Cold's kind of in the background. He's not a major Flash villain. But then a major moment for the Flash happens and for DC Comics. Jeff Johns mm-hmm. becomes the regular writer of Flash in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. This is when I was reading. And it is a major moment for Flash and a rebirth of like so many things in it. Not least of which is Captain Cold. Mm. If I were to tell you to read one comic to really get why people like me really love Captain Cold, it would be Flash Volume 3, number 182. Mm. It is the single-issue origin story comic for Captain Cold, and I dare say it is the best single-issue that Jeff Johns has ever written. Wow. Which is very strong, and it's a template that like he has kind of copied, or not copied, but repeated, like, you know, people find templates and stories and they repeat them. And this is one of those where he takes a classic character like Snart who had been left in the past. And then he finds a kind of gritty, tragic upbringing to humanize him on a certain level. But then also gave him a really cool thing to do to make mm. you like him. So you like, this guy's really interesting and has a tragic backstory. So I feel bad for him. But he's also a total badass. And he is making fun of the shitty 90s characters and showing why he's cooler than them. Mm. And it's just this quick story where Golden Glider thought Captain Cold was dead. I was. (laughs) And so he gave his cold gun to a new guy called Chillbane, who is made to be a total 90s idiot with... You know, Rob Liefeld pouches and extra guns, and he's, "Ah, I'm super hardcore, man. I can beat you. I'm Chillbane. But but he killed Golden Glider. Like, Chillbane kills Golden Glider, and so now Leonard is out to get revenge. And they kind of have a duel. Captain Cold wins, kills Chillbane, and then just says, you know what? I'm just back. I'm fucking evil now, and I'm going to run the rogues. And it... Is this real long form? You just got to buy like the Flash omnibuses, Jeff Johns Flash omnibuses that collect the sixty plus issues, because it is just this long form story in the background most of the yeah. time where Cold is slowly building up the roads again with him as a leader. Just this underground society of oh, we're all super villains and we all operate out of out of Central City. And it's also where Jeff Johns introduced this idea that Captain Cold is not a great guy, definitely not even a good guy who will kill. And will, you know, hire sex workers and makes no friends with anybody. He doesn't even seem to care all that much for anybody. But he has rules. And he's like, we won't kill unless it's on a job and we're killing another bad person. And we won't kill the Flash. That's the game. He won't kill us. We won't kill the Flash. It's just a back and forth kind of thing. And so this is all in the lead up. Is, is Volume Three the Flash Two Hundred with yeah, like that's, reverse, uh, reverse yes, Flash? Yes, that's okay. where it leads up the Reverse Flash. Okay, well, yeah. even after that, because yeah, 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 yeah. that shows you another reason Jeff Johns really loves Captain Cold. That when they he did a soft reboot within the Flash, when yeah. he fights Reverse Flash, then he re- makes it so nobody else remembers his secret identity. And the first guy that Wally West fights uh, when he gets his memory back and is the Flash again is Captain Cold. Yeah. And that's also when he introduces a new level of his power, which is his cold gun can do a lot of things. It can make ice appear. It can freeze anybody and turn them into ice. It can also, like, flash freeze them in a really creepy way of, like, 
While your skin is frozen, everything on the inside, though, is fine. So I could just shatter your skin or I could pick you up and and watch you suffocate or whatever. But he also could make this cold miasma appear around him that was just almost like an inertia wave that would slow anyone down. That again was his explanation of saying, well, yeah, I'm finding a guy who can move faster than thought, but he can't do that around my cold waves. Mm -hmm. And it, again, gave him a chance on the Flash because you wonder, like, well, no matter how fast of a draw he is, once the Flash can see him, yeah. there's no way he can beat the Flash, seemingly. Yeah, that's why I'm confused as to how he's a villain for 40, 50 years. And I can also tell you, Jeff Johns, I know, is a huge fan of Captain Cold, like, not just because he puts him in everything, even to this day, but also because when I got to tour the DC Studios, as I mentioned on here many episodes back, when I got to, you know, go to the DC Entertainment uh, mm-hmm. offices in Burbank, which is where most uh, where Jeff Johns works. I didn't get to meet him, but his office was there and they had, you know, character art on everybody's door, painted mm-hmm. on the door, and his was Captain Cold. Oh, wow. Out of wow. all characters that could be on Jeff Johns' office door, mm-hmm. he picked Captain Cold from that issue, like from uh, issue 182. So did you take a picture of this door? No, I could they weren't allowing pictures uh, everywhere. They're like but they would make they would stop and say, "Okay, here's where we keep the toys uh, that we just got sent. If you want to take pictures of that, mm. okay, click, click." And we also got to see like the game testing room where we got to meet the you know gaming czar of DC Entertainment, who's or, like the liaison for right. anybody who makes games. And we also got to at the end. This is a repeat story for for long time listeners, but at the end they're like. Well, and here's a bunch of uh, comics if you just want to take them. Like, we're it's just free books. And then I had to, like, bite my tongue and be like, just ease into it. Henry. Don't, don't look too crazy. Don't, uh, don't, don't get Can you everything. get me a garbage bag? I need to just uh, Could you uh, just ship these to me? And at the same time, I was like, oh, yeah, Infinite Crisis, the MOBA is uh, so interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, speaking of Infinite Crisis... Yeah. That's kind of where Johns takes the book up to that point, and Wally West disappears, and Bart Allen took over as uh, the formerly Impulse, then he became the Flash, and then all the rogues, including Captain Cold, killed him, killed mm-hmm. Bart Allen. And not only that, but also Captain Cold sort of adopted the new Captain Boomerang, who was like the son of a fast, uh, son of a speedster and had minor speed powers. Mm. And it, it was an interesting situation for him. And then also post-Infinite Crisis, he was in a sort of Suicide Squad book called Salvation Run, where a bunch of supervillains get teleported to a Secret Wars-type battle world uh, planet. It was an interesting little book. It, it's worth picking up just to see how he works with other DC villains, because those hmm. guys don't cross over all that much. Uh, and then we come up to Flashpoint. He's part of the Flashpoint alternate realities, but when post-Flashpoint, it erased a lot of things, including any Barry Allen had only been Flash for five years. So clearly, Leonard Snart had to be de-aged too. Snart was kind of written to me in like his late 40s. Like mm-hmm. he'd seen it all. He'd come up with, we'd come up through, you know, Wally West and then past Wally West as mm-hmm. a sidekick to an adult, to a parent to a retired guy. Yeah. Now they had to de-age Captain Cold and he got a new origin as well. Which was very similar except his sister his sister just died of cancer. She was never Golden Glider. But he and also he got 
metahuman powers for the first time ever, mm. which allowed him to put out, uh, let's see what the name of that is. A cold wave, I'm going to guess. A- inertia. Inertia uh, wave mm. that slowed down people around him. And, uh, and no cold gun. It's like the turtle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like the turtle. Uh, but it's not. It's the inertia wave. <laughs> and, but then comes Forever Evil. And uh, so that... That post great, great Rod Stewart song. <laughs> and Forever Evil was written by Jeff Johns, and guess what? He reverts he reverts Captain Cold. He's like, What? Metahuman powers? Get that shit out of here. Oh, wow. And so just very quickly he loses his powers. I re- I will rebuild my gun and just have my gun again. And he teams up with Lex Luthor and a bunch of villains to beat the more evil Earth Three mm-hmm. Justice uh League, you know, Ultraman, Superwoman, Owlman. All those classic guys. He, what? And after they beat them, then Lex Luthor restarts the Justice League, and Captain Cold is a member. And huh. uh, that's pretty much where he was left off in the book now. Like, who knows where so he'll... So he's in a Justice League now? Uh, uh, yes, yeah. He wasn't doing much post-convergence in Justice League, but he but was... he's a good guy now? Or a yeah, bad yeah. This, that was also been, like, kind of the long con for Johns. That, like, he did the same thing with Sinestro in Green Lantern, that... He takes villains and turns them into just meaner good guys. Right. Because is I... This, is this Avengers... Avengers. Is this Justice League team he's on like Dark Avengers where they're secretly bad well, guys? Or is it No, like... but it is... It's when Lex Luthor took over the Justice League ah. and he became the leader of it. But this is a Lex Luthor who decided to be good. And oh, we'll okay. see how long that lasts. Right. But he was intentionally being good not okay. okay it wasn't a, as a, there could be a reveal in the last issue but at least on the surface captain cold is being a good guy on his team too hmm. and that's the last place where he was as for his appearances in shows he was uh, he was in the live action 1990 flash show played by michael champion who as far as i can tell really hmm. played nobody else and nothing like he's not famous uh, and he is now, though, the role has been made famous by one Wentworth Miller. Wow. Who used to be the star of Prison Break. Yeah. Uh, famously, uh, a few years ago, came out of the closet while refusing to go to Russia for mm-hmm. something. Like, because he's of Russian heritage. Yeah. But then when they invited him for some, they, like, the Russian mm-hmm. government invited him to the country for something, he said... Well, as a gay man, I don't feel particularly welcome there, so yeah. no thank you. And But as a, as a cold guy, he would be, feel very <laughs> welcome there. He'd love the cold. Yeah. He'd love the cold. And I think his his line delivery is a little, like, I don't want to say stilted. I really like him as cold, but there's just, oh, Flash. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. just something to it. Here, let me play a Chill little bit Chill out, bird boy. <laughs> it needs to end. Can't do that. It's what I do. And find a new line of work. Don't want to. Why is that? The same reason you keep running after guys like me, the adrenaline, the thrill of the chase. I love this game, and I'm very good at it. Yeah, it's just like, and I'm very good at it. It's I'm yeah. on a superhero TV show. Yeah, some of the villains on Flash, like, I do, I still love the show, but, like, him and, uh... <laughs> yeah, but, like, his delivery is that is even more, like... Well, Flash, if you knew. Whereas Zoom is that, but like so menacing, and at least he's like killing so many people. You're like, okay, I buy this. But like Tarpit and Cold, when they talk like that, you're like, you're really yeah. hamming it up, man. Well, and with uh, on the Earth 2 2 parter, there was Geomancer, who in the comics at least, he is of royal blood. He's like royalty. That's so what I, I guess. meant. Geomancer. Oh, you meant Geomancer, not Tarpit. I meant Tarpet. Geomancer, okay. not Tarpit. Tarpit was acting was fine. But yeah, Tar- uh, Geomancer was hmm. looked like a 2000 X-Men movie 
like Cyclops <laughs> with the the leather and the goggles on. Just yeah. like, well, Flash, if this the Flash isn't here, I'll knock down this building. <laughs> you won't stop me, Flash. Yeah. He felt. I wonder if he's an Earth Two secretly an Earth Two guy who just is like, what? This is how we talk yeah. in Earth Two. Yeah. I didn't have this one prepped up, but I do want to see. Like Captain Cold has also been on the cartoons. Mm. He was on Brave and the Bold, and I want to give a listen to him on that. Usually, that's a more like the Brave show. and the Cold. Yeah. The potholes in that lane. Let me tell you. <laughs> Captain Cold. Sorry to interrupt your festivities. Crowded streets. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, it's a uh, Breaking Benjamin. I think. Of course, it's an anime music video. The video is called "Great Quotes Captain Cold," and then it just starts <laughs> in with fucking music. God damn it! Well, you're on a roll with those, by the way. I do have a uh, a crazy Captain Cold, Mister Freeze uh, tied together that will blow your mind. What? So I looked up on Urban Dictionary. What's what is a snart? A snart is a sneeze and a fart done simultaneously. Ah. Then I got to thinking, uh, what if you flip that portmanteau and put the fart first? It would be freeze, freeze, wow. snart, freeze, boom. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> one last thing I wanted to play. He was also in the Super Friends. He was one of the members of the Legion of oh, Doom. Oh, yeah. And uh, you can hear his voice real quick. You won't, uh, Bray, you won't be able to see him, but... I think you'll guess which voice is his. From now on, we'll be known as the Legion of Doom. But we'll need a headquarters, too. Yes, and I say it should be at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. We'll hide it under the ice of the polar cap. Your brain must be frozen, Captain Cold. The jungle is... <laughs> yes, that's... I love how they under all... that frozen cap. Your brain must... It, well, it was a <laughs> Hanna-Barbera production, so yeah. that was also the... Hanna-Barbera voices yep. on that show. The, the, the challenge of the suit, all the Super Friends cartoons, they're corny, mm. I know, but like, so was everything in the 70s. Well, it's like, like everyone's voice sounds like a, a whiskey-drinking 60-year-old man. Like, mm. everybody is, sounds old. <laughs> yeah, but it was, they're in their full costume. Like, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. at least, maybe when, uh, say, the Wonder Twins or Wendy and Marvin show up, that's when it... Uh, gets a little more kiddified, but it was pretty close to what was in the comics at that point, huh. I'd say, which was yeah, not was particularly serious. Yeah, and he was also in those. He's been in some video games too, though not not any real starring roles. Though he is uh, an enemy in the DC Universe Online. Though, right. what character isn't in <laughs> DC Universe sure. Online really? And he's been in a ton of the animated movies as well. The recent ones like Flashpoint and. Flashpoint kind of starts just a universe of the movies going. And uh, he's also been on Young Justice, though I have not watched that show yet, though I have been meaning to. Apologies, I have not watched yet. But that is Leonard Snart, a.k.a. Captain Cold, this superhero spotlight. Select your hero. Love that sound. Ah, love it. All right, so let's get into the news, guys, real quick. Um... Well, the big one, you know, I was kind of alluding to it in that talk about Captain Cold, but DC Rebirth was Mm. uh, confirmed right after last week's episode, and we've had about a week to think on it. It, uh, I've done nothing but think about this. (laughs) Guess what, guys? Uh DC Comics is Uh rebooting again. So the occasion is that they are hitting issue 52 of all the books that started restarted at number one. I see. So there are some books that aren't at 52, but like 
Action Comics, Detective Comics, Superman, Batman. Those are all going to hit 52. That's fun. And when they restarted that new 52, I think they saw five years ago. I think they saw this as a time of like, okay, then let's let's do it over. It's been five years. Let's restart. You know? Yeah. And that's... It's it's an a lot of comics are getting canceled. They have not announced what who is going to be the creative team on any book, which is surprising. They're holding it back when it will happen in I believe July, the month of Comic Con. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, but it will begin with a single issue called DC Rebirth, written by Jeff Johns, with a bunch of art by big name people, including like Phil Jimenez and I believe uh, Ivan Reyes again, guys who have done great work with Jeff Johns on major stuff like Blackest Night. An Infinite Crisis. Jeff Johns has been saying that this is not going to be off-putting to new readers, but we're rebooting this in a way that's good for people who have as many comic books as I own. And he said, I, meaning Jeff Johns, not I, Henry Gilbert. Right. Uh, but yeah, so it's back to being more about the nerdos and the fanboys, and that would seem to be pointing to continuity matters again, which, you know what? I don't want to seem too surly about DC things because I've been told in the past I don't like DC stuff, but they can't... Like, five years ago, they just blow up continuity and say, now we need a fresh start for everything. Forget it. And now five years later, they're coming back to continuity saying, oh, no, all that stuff should matter. Let's go back. Like, eh. I mean, five years is a long time to have a bunch of books all going and people are going to change their minds or what and sales will sag and you'll be like okay well we, we tried the big bold new status quo and it, it runs its course mm-hmm. and you know what can you really do blow it up again or get everyone excited by telling them hey all that stuff that we threw out it's now all back and, yeah we'll and, bring it back or whatever and yeah i get it like i'd rather it this was every five years than how i feel marvel has been mm-hmm. in the last five years which is like i don't I don't even know what to consider a reboot anymore for Marvel. Like, Secret Wars, I guess, was one. Yeah, they but had... But there's so many new number ones. Well, even before Secret Wars, yeah, it felt like every 18 months they had really yeah. been doing, like, this is new. This is all new Marvel. This is all yeah. new Marvel now. This yeah. is all new, it's all like different new, Marvel. Yeah, it's not necessarily a continuity reboot. It's just, like, new number ones, yet many of them are the same creative team. So I'm like, but if it's the same people... Well, that's like, how they win the sales this, game, though. They, but like, like this new stuff, number ones, more sales than I know people they trying to stuff. Like, yeah. what? Ugh, I don't. I don't. Know. It can be what? exhausting. They just reboot. things It just kind so of turned me times. off to comics. Like this, this constant desire to try to grab people who are seeing movies, and it's like I know you need to get people to buy comics again, mm-hmm. but this stuff is just seem it. It seems off putting to me because because yeah. like I'm someone who was really into comics, and I've slowly been almost turned off of them at this point mm-hmm. because it's just. Even I can't keep up with, oh, there's a comic I like. It's not going to make it past issue 8 or 10. Because yeah, you'll get, get two good collections out yeah, of it. And and so then... it's like, okay, well, now now what's the next fun thing I want to read? Like, no, 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 no. This is all part of a new team that looks just like what's in the movie right now. Like, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, well, I, I, though, I don't meanwhile, know. well, with also the DC Rebirth thing is Dan DiDio, who's been in charge of DC Comics for more than a decade. He says that uh, the, the Rebirth uh, special... Will include the single most controversial scene since he's been at DC. So, wow. controversy creates cash, as Eric ah. Bischoff would say. That, <laughs> that pulled Dave in. Uh, and the other interesting thing to me that. Uh, what is, do you think that could be? I don't. Honestly, like, it would be something like Superman kills somebody. Right. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to walk into that, but something so extreme. Like, 
Because I would say one of the most controversial scenes, at least in a Jeff Johns book, was when they killed Blue Beetle in the lead up to Infinite Crisis and just like shot him in the head. Like, yeah, that goofy shit's gone. The end. Hmm. Or same with when Superboy Prime was revealed to be like punching continuity errors. <laughs> like, right, yeah. That was definitely extremely controversial when it happened. As was when Flashpoint ended with, no, nah, nothing happened. Like, everything's been undone. All that stuff, like, I think that is definitely controversial. So, I don't know how extreme that con- controversy could be. <laughs> One thing that bothered me when they started New 52 was that they renumbered everything and then included Action Comics and DC com- right. Detective Comics, which were both... I know Action was in the 900s. I believe DC- Detective was hitting 900 as well. And then they went back to one, and people were... Old-timers were definitely saying... No, these had not been renumbered for the longest, like forever. They're the longest running comics ever. Like, have some pride issues. in that. Yeah. Let's get to Action Comics 7, uh, 1000. But they weren't into that and they redid it to number one. And now, post uh, rebirth, they're going back to their original numbering. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to go back into the 900s and they're going to be bi weekly. There's going to mm-hmm. be a number of bi weekly comics which. That can be a real grind for comic writers and artists. I hope they can handle it well. But uh, yeah. but then again, we don't know who's writing or drawing any of it. But they also yeah. said they're dropping the price of all their comics. Down to two ninety nine a piece, which is good. Like when yeah. paying four dollars for especially for a digital issue that's done in fifteen minutes, it's just yeah. that's a lot of money. It adds up and it makes you restrict your it's made me restrict my buying habits yeah. that I really think hard about something I'm going to pay four bucks for. Yeah, I can't even, like, I'm not going to dabble in a bunch of stuff that's like, oh, that's four dollars. And mm-hmm. if you think I'm going to, to to see this story through, it's probably a minimum three part, more likely a six part story, mm-hmm. which means f- f- four, times, four, bucks. Four, four times six. And then that's a lot of money for a thing I could sit down and read in an hour. Yeah. Like yeah. $25. And you get, if it's a really great book, you can wait for the collection and pay half that. I am interested to see where they're going with DC Rebirth. The the only yeah. the only big thing is that I know that Scott Snyder, who just finished kind of his very long run of Batman with Bruce Wayne coming back to be Batman again, he's moving to off of Batman because that's going to be bi-weekly and he's going to go to Detective Comics because it's monthly. So he can... He can still work right. at the same pace and not have to go crazy. Yeah, we will be paying attention. There'll be more news probably at the next major con that happens. They'll announce some other stuff. Yeah, WonderCon's coming up, so I maybe. bet it will be at WonderCon, especially because that's in Anaheim, which yeah, is pretty close, close to DC. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested because when New Fifty Two started, I mean, it did pull me in. I for a while I read Aquaman and yeah. I read Justice League mm-hmm. and I read all of Animal Man and I don't know, I like if they want to started over like this is a case where mm-hmm. and then well animal man got canceled aquaman i read for a, a while and then i did it get canceled i i, I just kind of fell no, off it that didn't get canceled but it, once jeff johns left it I mean, wasn't maybe that's what important. it was well same yeah. with like jeff johns does spruce up these characters but then they don't doesn't feel like they follow through on the momentum of johns once johns leaves to go to the next character like once johns left green lantern there were still Green Lantern books, but people weren't really talking about him as yeah. much. Mm-hmm. And it uh, it makes you wonder where Jeff Johns is going because the only book he had been writing monthly after Forever Evil was Justice League. And now he's got, or after Convergence, was Justice League. And now he says he's leaving Justice League, but he hasn't named what his new book will be. And it makes you wonder if he's, could he be going back to The Flash or could mm-hmm. he be writing Superman regularly? Because he only did that for like six months and then stopped. 
or was it 12 months? But anyway, or is he going to go to Batman? Like, where where is Jeff Johns planning to land? That's another big question about it. So would you say then that the stuff that happened in New 52 now won't, mm. doesn't matter? Probably won't. No, I would bet. So uh, how does I bet under, I'm betting Superman will put on his underwear again. Yeah. Even. So how does that tie in, How does that shake out with the Court of Owls or whatever? Like, because some of the uh, Batman stuff, they were like, "Oh, we didn't actually reset, guys." Yeah, because they had Damian Wayne there, and honestly, that is another huge puddle of mess. Because <laughs> the other, like Grant Morrison, was on Batman, and so he had the power to say. No, what I did does not get erased because right. I'm Grant Morrison and you will listen to me. Yeah. And they said, I guess we will and we won't change this. It'll just make less sense. And right. that's kind of, that's as far as it is. It's, they'll, they'll just figure it out. Right. As much as they want to say, oh, it's a clean slate and, we, and they'll pretend they know everything. It's a creative process. No yeah. creative process is perfect at the beginning and there will always be bumps and I'll... I want to be forgiving with that stuff. And if they get exciting creative teams on it too, then I'm I'm interested. So I don't want to just seem like super down on it, like, oh, another reboot. Because, you know, they're just one interesting creative team away from, say, another Batgirl. The Batgirl book with uh, Becky Clooney oh, yeah. and uh, on it, like, that was really great. And yeah. yeah. So then on the subject of R-rated superhero films, uh, uh, there's a few updates there where first off, De- Deadpool continues to be going gangbusters and that uh, there was news like oh Ryan Reynolds is going to get a big pay raise on the next film so will the director Tim Miller and uh, they're really thinking about it hard also that's saying that the Deadpool <laughs> not appar- the writer though <laughs> no probably not but uh, Deadpool <clears throat> technically isn't part of their X-Men deal or it's a separate deal with Marvel from X-Men mm. which I think uh, if I may put on my conspiracy theory tinfoil hat that would explain why Deadpool hasn't been um, put in, put farther back in the line yeah. in the comics because I bet Marvel has a better licensing deal with the Deadpool stuff than they do with the X-Men. Which is so weird because when they made all these deals with Fox, like that's in the late 90s. Well, so apparently the Deadpool deal was first with Lionsgate and then huh. Fox got Deadpool in 2005, which is why then they put him into their planned Wolverine Origins movie, which didn't come out until... 09? Yeah. yeah. Lionsgate originally... They, it's just weird that back yeah. then Deadpool would have been a separate thing. Mm-hmm. Because it's like it's not like he was... Like, people liked him, but, like, he wasn't... He was... Yeah. He's he, not, like, a massive moneymaker. Well, it's that Deadpool. shows you why Lionsgate got him, too. Because he was, yeah. like... They were... They make cheap movies. Like, other than the um, Blood Moon total of the... The sexy vampires movie. What the fuck's the Twilight? name? Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. They, they got well. rich on Twilight... But uh, they were more thinking of making like a Blade type movie. Just, right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so there's going to be a sequel. You know, we talked last week that Wolverine 3 is going to be R-rated. They've now said, oh, we were going to make it R-rated even before Deadpool came out and made it cool to be uh, R-rated. We know. we were planning on that already. I and know, I don't know. They more or less confirm that it's going to be the old man Logan arc from the books, which is great. Dave, have you read that one? Uh, I don't know if I have. I should bring that to, uh, uh, you know, I only have it in omnibus form. But maybe you can't read it, but that would be a good Dave's homework someday. Uh, but yeah, so that's, uh, again, it's going to be the violentest uh, Wolverine we've ever seen, I'd say. In, except for in game form. Uh, yes, it'll be a good way to send him off as the character because he's been playing him since 2000. Yeah, and wow. then maybe he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to get super veiny man muscles for that role. He can just get kind of big muscles. Yeah, kind of fit. Dad bod. <laughs> yeah, dad bod Wolverine. And if he go, and if he's graying by that time, even better. Even better. 
and speaking of R rated, this is the most controversial R rating. Is that Batman versus Superman on a Blu-ray will get an R-rated cut? So apparently they had a version of the film that would have been R-rated for violence, and they had to make cuts to it. So like, and we're just going to put that cut out on Blu-ray, which sure. Just uh, uh, so I'm not upset about this, and this is not going to be a soapbox talk about how da- Zack Snyder is super violent or whatever. I'm not going to do that. I think that I'm saving it for mid-March. <laughs> I do think that the PG-13 rating since, like, 1998 has meant this is as close to R as we can get without boobs or the F word. Yeah. And you would definitely say none of the the Dark Knight trilogy, Man of Steel, those aren't for kids. Whether it's R-rated or PG-13, they're not for kids under 13. Like, they're not for kids anyway, so it's not as... I would be just as likely to show an 8-year-old Man of Steel as I would the R-rated cut of Batman versus Superman, you know? It does seem crazy that the... Um, You'd be just as likely? Yeah, as in not likely. Like oh, that, I, see. I mean, it's the same level of likelihood that I do it. The, the rating doesn't change it. Right. It, it does seem crazy to think that, like, you know, even in 2006, you feel somebody at DC would say, we will not release an R-rated thing that stars Superman. Like It is strange. Uh, they but, are, but I guess... No, they are making that R-rated animated version of uh, The Killing Joke. So... Right. I guess just times have changed in general there. I mean, it is weird because on one hand, I, I'm i not a kid, so I'm like, yeah, make things for me. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, you got to get kids into it, though. Well, And it's not I, that you can't, because again, yeah. as a little kid, I was watching Predator and Alien mm-hmm. and whatever, and it was, it was fine. But it's like, I, I don't really have too big of a problem. Because this also, the story is like, the Batman-Superman thing, it's very much Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> Which yeah, was which not is, meant for kids in the it would 80s. It be R-rated as well yeah. if they filmed and, it. And so yeah. if this is effectively the movie of that, yeah. in a general sense, like it's then not, that kind of yeah. has to get an R-rating just because of the themes and what else is going on in it. Now, let alone the violence. Like, yeah. I, I get it. Uh, so, yeah, it's not, just more I, I feel kind of... Bu- but I guess there's so many cartoons and toys for Superman and Batman. It's like the kids are probably getting their fix. Yeah, I think so. That's. I, I mean, I was just... Anyway, yeah, I was just seeing ads for Lego DC. A new Lego DC thing just came out. So it's not that there aren't kitty children-style versions of DC heroes out there. Yeah, I Maybe they are just getting more you know, developed to say, like, these are the kids' ones. These are the grown-up things. Yeah. And, and that's I'm just... I'm just more want to like this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, we'll wait. We'll I want to give it a chance. Yeah. In, uh, I, everything I've seen of Affleck as Batman, I do like. So yeah. I can at least say that. I guess we're about three-ish weeks away. Yeah, I it's think. pretty close. Yeah. Uh, so Zack Snyder also leaked some JLA costumes in an interesting... He, he oh, just yeah. put up an Instagram photo of like, here's me and Jason Moma, and then behind him were all their costumes, <laughs> which to me seemed like that was... Last week we talked about how the rumor was the Justice League movie might not happen. Right. And this almost feels like if you wanted to buy into that conspiracy theory, this is Zack Snyder showing Mm. they might cancel my movie, so let me show you the Flash and Aquaman costumes right here. So here they are behind me. Yeah, get everybody really excited so that you can then show, like, look, the people really want, it's like, trust me, guys, this movie will make money. We got to stick to the Justice League plan. Uh, and also that uh, Danny Pudi and Alan Tudyk, who two of my favorite uh, comic actors, right. they're, they've already been cast on the DC comedy show Powerless, which is about, you know, humans that uh, a funny office comedy about humans that live in the world of DC superheroes. Hmm. And yeah, if you're going to hire people, Alan, Danny P- 
Pooty and Alan Tudyk are both good. Mm. Good hires for that. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of hires, Luke Perry is going to be playing Archie's dad on the Archie uh, live action TV show on the CW. Which, an Archie show? These are this is all a bunch of news to you, Brett. But yes, wow. they they are developing an Archie show called Riverdale, huh? Which is oh, going to be a just uh, like Smallville, man. Yeah, pretty much. And that Luke Perry is going to play Archie's dad, who normally Mr. Andrews is cast as a fat bald guy with a mustache, and uh, that's not Luke Perry. And you get that uh, sweet CW writing where uh, <laughs> what if what does this person think about me? Oh, if only I could talk to them and tell them how I feel. You should tell them. Insert character name. Like, I just think the, yeah. the, the love triangle slash, like... And then they go to tell them, but then there's a... I oh, heard, he's got... She's on a date with this guy. Yeah, like, hurt somebody's oh, feelings. Because, like, Flash is full of it, and Arrow's full of it. I don't know. It's... it's uh, it, uh, it, oh, is, it is what it is. And the Pacific Room 2 got announced, but uh, Guillermo del Toro is not directing it. That it's, it's being directed by Stephen DeKnight, who was the... Uh, one of the head producers, directors on the first season of Daredevil, though he's not on the second season. But I do not want a movie that's not by... Uh, I'll give up. Guillermo del Toro has said nice things about it. He's like, hey, I wish him all the best or whatever. But I guess the it, the story was... The stories have been like del Toro wants to make Pacific Room 2 and he can't get the money to do it. Or they won't approve his budget or whatever. And now finally they're... They just like nod like, yeah, all right, let's just not have you do it then. Just we'll get this guy. He'll do it cheaper and Jesus, do what we say. Uh, I don't know. It's not a movie it's, you want to cheap out on. It's weird to think of Pacific Rim 2 without Del Toro in the driver's seat. Yeah, I then I mean, like, if you can't do that with great effects, it's probably not worth doing. No, no, it kind of is. That's the whole point. It's an it. effects movie. So yeah. when you're like, can we do it cheaper? No, <laughs> no, just don't do it. All right, well, that is the news. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, what we've been reading, some talk about the most recent episode of The Flash, and your answers to last week's question of the week. Are you already tired of 2016? Jump into the past with 302010, our weekly pop culture time machine podcast. Here's something you may remember from 1996. Uh, Project Alf aired on February seventeenth. The return of Alf it's, that no one it's wanted. It's not the return of Alf. Like the last, the episode, yeah. the last episode of the fourth season ended with Alf being kidnapped by somebody with a spotlight. This got a theatrical release in parts of Europe, oh, okay. possibly oh. all Europe. Mm-hmm. I know because I was walking down a street in Prague in nineteen ninety eight, wow. and all of a sudden, oh, passing a movie theater, I see not like a poster, but like something that someone printed out on colored paper mm-hmm. and stuck up and the only thing I could recognize on it, it's all in check except for ALF versus the US Army <laughs> and some times and I'm like what the fucking fuck is that and they're like blah 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 Martin Sheen blah 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 I'm like oh was that that thing from TV like three years ago wow <laughs> That's 302010, a weekly look at what happened in pop culture 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago, every Thursday right here on the Laser Time Network.
Hello, everybody, and welcome to the break for this week's episode of Cape Crisis, and I thanks everybody for your support. This is a show brought to you by Patreon.com slash LazerTime, where it's the easiest way to directly support us, though there are tons of other ways to do it, too, such as, well, you know one thing I haven't mentioned in a while, is tinyurl.com slash LazerAnime. That is the URL you can use to sign up for a bi-monthly box of anime goodies. This coming one is Hatsune Miku, a bunch of exclusive items for Hatsune Miku, and if you think she is cool, you're going to want to check it out. Signing up for it at tinyurl.com slash laseranime. One word, everybody. Uh, and also, there's a lot of other ways to support us by buying things off Amazon. There's going to be a ton of links to them on this episode page and all across the site. You don't have to buy what we suggest. Buy anything through those links, and a little bit of money comes back our way. Also, let me tell you guys that this week we're doing a fun little giveaway. Two codes for a season pass of all three episodes of Walking Dead Michonne on Steam. It'll You'll get the first episode now and the other two for free when they come. I will be sending out the codes via Twitter. So the way we will do it is I will retweet the post for this episode. Everybody who retweets it will be part of a random drawing. So spread the word about the show. Tell people how cool it is. And one, two of you people who retweet it will be sent codes by me for Walking Dead Michonne on Steam. And now lastly, it's time for the Hanks Corner Pick of the Week. I have to go with something Flash and Jeff Johns related just because I talked it up so much. Now, definitely the Flash omnibuses are a great way to get the whole story. But if you don't feel like making such a big investment, there is a collection called Flash Rogues, which has a bunch of these single issue stories and introduction of a lot of the rogues at the start of Jeff Johns' run on The Flash. It's all really great and a really cool starting point for the character and one of my favorite runs on any book ever. Really, really good. Can't recommend it enough. Now, back to the rest of the show. Welcome back to part two of this week's episode of Cape Crisis, and uh, let's get into what you've been reading, but I will first talk about a thing I wish I had been watching and I intend to watch. So, you know, I did a I did a Netflix binge on the show Love this weekend, which was a good show. I really liked it. Uh, but what I should have been watching was Young Justice. <laughs> and uh, Young Justice, uh, I can't name the number of people who have... At replied me saying, watch Young Justice. Do a cartoon commentary on Young Justice. You you talk about all these great DC shows, but you don't watch Young Justice, which is a great animated DC series. And I admit, I failed, and this made me feel just like an old man of, oh, no, DC, didn't you guys hear? DC cartoons stopped when Justice League Unlimited ended. Yeah, more or Once or that so. show was over, there were no new cartoons. Yeah. I don't got to watch them. Young Justice has a very strong fan following, and there was... Word that it would never get a third season, but this weekend, the producers on the show outright said, the second season just appeared on Netflix. If it gets enough views on Netflix, Netflix is thinking about paying for a third season. 
Right. So everybody watch Young Justice. And in case you're a Young Justice where fan and didn't it, know that. Where did it run first? It was a Cartoon Network show. Oh, okay. One of those block of Cartoon Network. I'd, ne- I'd never heard of it till like a month ago. No, me neither really. Except of, I did see a funny clip of um, Batgirl like having a cute aside with Nightwing. I, I, I like that clip. But I'll... I'll give it a watch. It's only like 50... I think there's two seasons of 26 on there. I'll give it a watch. And so though I, I bet it's better than the alt, than the Ultimate Spider-Man show because that was just too kitty for me. Mm. I liked the Taskmaster episode I watched, but it was also... It's just such a cornball kitty premise of, oh, Spider-Man's in a high school with other superheroes. Like, yeah. it's too boring if Spider-Man's in high school with just other teens. He should be there with Nova and Iron yeah. Fist yeah. and the White Tiger oh, wow. and Luke Cage. Let's just have them all in high school together. Yeah. And and Agent Coulson's the principal. Oh, wow. But it was a fun so show. It's, so and, it's Muppet Babies? And it is Muppet, it is Muppet <laughs> Babies. Clark Gregg is uh, wow. Nanny. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but all right, so I promise I will watch some episodes of Young Justice, Justice and report to it next week. And again, a reminder: if you've got Netflix, get to watching Young Justice I'll, so they can see the numbers on there. I'll try myself. Just play it in the background, and don't even—you don't even have to pay attention. <laughs> Just get the numbers up. Uh, but Brett, you and I both watched the. Uh, well, I didn't watch all of it, but there was a new Flash episode that. Uh, I thought was going to be just their like cool down period yeah. after because they just had a massive crossover. Yeah. So I figured, okay, they're going to fight King Shark. It's a fun, silly episode sure, where yeah. they fight King Shark. And but, it turned out that no, they finally revealed who Zoom was. Yeah. And my theory was not correct, and I feel I feel got by them because eh, I don't want I won't spoil it. But they yeah. had an entire episode that seemed to be. To trick you, a total red herring of, oh, it's going to be this guy. Yeah. And then then it's not him. And it's, though the second they, yeah, whatever. I, I, it was a good trick. It was a good trick. Yeah, we can maybe talk about the, the twist a little more next week, I guess, just in case. When it's don't. a little, yeah, it just aired. So, yeah. but it's, it was another good episode. And I am kind of impressed by the effects of King Shark on a TV show. Like, there's yeah. some that look kind of goofy. And then there's some I'm like, that looks really good. For a TV show, that's kind of incredible. Yeah, I think they just keep up in the budget on the show, maybe. Yeah, and it's still a lot of fun. You know, it's this great secret to the show of, of Flash's success that in season one and two, they both have a mystery of who is this guy? Right. Like who? We have an overarching villain who, for two thirds of the season, you're not going to know who it is, and you have to guess who it is. Like it's a murder mystery, and that yeah. that does keep you coming back past the. If it was just. Oh, NASA villain of the week, and then we beat him. The end. Like it. It is fun to see how clearly I, I don't watch much Arrow, but like a Flash is like this is a show that's strong enough to sustain itself for a whole season. Whereas Shield can't really do that. But gentle enough for a woman. He <laughs> uh, said strong enough to. I made a bad joke. Great. <laughs> uh, but just that, like both Shield and Agent Carter, like neither one of them can hang for a whole season on their own premise. Mm-hmm. Either out of like the views aren't there, or the production of it's maybe too much to justify the number. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just weird that like Shield always takes like three months off, mm-hmm. and Flash doesn't. It's Flash and Arrow are like, no, we're just on. There is no show that helps us interrupt a, <laughs> yeah. a, a low period. Like I don't know. I thought that was kind of no. I do. I like that, and, and they're good. There's no, I have not yet watched one this whole season that I was like that was a waste of time. Yeah, they've been they've been uh, yeah they've just been a general level of quality to the yeah. show that. It's never really dipped below. I can't say the same for 
Uh, you know, that's why I stopped regularly watching Supergirl. I just wasn't... I liked it okay, but I just... Uh, and I've watched some episodes. I think I will watch this week's episode because it was directed by Lexi Alexander, who uh, she directed Punisher War Journal. Oh, wow. War Zone. War Zone, yeah. War Zone, yeah. Wow, okay. So, and this was her big return to directing super stuff. Huh. And she is... You know, Punisher Warzone is a crazy film. <laughs> I've still never seen it. It is nuts. And she did a great job with it. And she, I heard this great interview with her talking about how Patton Oswalt is a huge fan of hers and thinks she's a great, great underappreciated action director. And she talked about how she took Punisher because other than Catherine Bigelow, mm-hmm. there are pretty much no, there are yeah. so few women who direct action films. Few women who direct at all. And let alone women who direct a brainless mm-hmm. action film, and so she wanted to. She wanted to give it a try, and yeah. this was her return to. And her coming to Supergirl seems like a perfect mix of, yeah, of, of styles. But so I wanted to watch that episode. It's like a super prison or something. Uh, and then this week in comic book land, I read. Uh, I read a few uh, Marvel books on the way here. Read Hellcat number three. It's cute. Which, uh, it was a cute book. I, I love that the, the villain was Bedbug. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a comic for grownups who rent apartments, just yeah. like us. I just love like yeah. In all the like comics of like you know, I read the new Thor, read the new Cap, read the new this that. Like tried all new Avengers, and it's just like something about it's not grabbing me, and I can't put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. And even even the new Iron Man, I was like, I kind of like this. I kind of like the idea of Doom being uh, what what's his game. And then I already see solicits for the international Iron Man, a new number one. I'm like, yeah, you're kind of like kicking me out of it. Like I don't know that it may it may not even really matter, but there's just something about like already. And I don't, is that already? is that replacing the no? Iron it's, Man? Just it's just a second book to second it. Second book, yeah, okay. which is like. Come on, Bendis. Like I don't know, you're you're overwhelming me with with product. Yeah, here. it's just like there's so much yet. I don't I don't know, and that's on me. I just can't focus on it for some reason. But Hellcat is just like oh, so it's my new She Hulk go to like Miss Marvel fun book. Like and it's it. a single issue adventure. With, yeah, though it is like a next issue something crazy will happen, but. You get a beginning, middle, and end in yeah, this thing, it, and it, it, uh, yeah, and I a love fun the, appearance by Doctor Strange. Yeah, that that is fun, and the art is cute, and, and it's super gay, and it's uh, very gay. Uh, and that's a spicy Wolverine. <laughs> I like that uh, pizza place they yeah. walk by, and just also like Kat, Kate Leth is a, is a really good, like she's a great writer, and she's teamed with Brittany L. Williams, who her art is just like growing and growing on me. I lo- I really enjoy it. Like it is. American ma- manga style, yeah. you'd say. Like especially, my favorite moments are when is when Patsy is in Hellcat costume yeah. and reacts and gets like kind of super deformed yeah. in the style of a manga character and yeah, it's fun. like has an extreme emotion showed on her face. Like it's, I like that storytelling a lot. Uh, and then there was uh, all new, all different Avengers, which I read number six. Mm-hmm. It was the end of the first storyline where they fought. A guy who is and isn't Kang. Yeah. Uh, but it was it's good. It was a fun little adventure that ended in an interesting uh, way that uh, was a clever use of time travel. I liked it. Where it, um, it involves creating two Mjolnirs out of time. Hmm. Uh, it was it was a cute little book. And, I, and it is about the character interactions, which I really like the character interactions between the young half of Miss Marvel, Nova, and Miles Morales, Spider-Man meeting with the old troopers vision iron man thor and captain america so yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's should, a nice dynamic I keep reading that because miss marvel i also like forgetting when things come out like miss marvel still has her own book about like yes. the people getting pushed out of their houses and neighborhoods 
I feel like I've missed the last hundred issues somehow. Yeah. And I don't know why that and Ca- and Captain Marvel are both that I'm like, I just feel like this should show up every month, and I guess I'm just not paying attention. Or sometimes they've been doing like a bi-monthly thing. Like, it's not been a monthly. Yeah. It's a weird mix where when something comes out every two weeks, I kind of forget. Like, I actually missed an issue of Amazing Spider-Man just because mm. I was in the mindset of, all right, time to wait a month. Yeah. Oh, it, oh, whoops, I missed it. And... Meanwhile, when it does take a month, then it feels like it takes forever. Yeah, and you like just forget something. about like, it. Like I don't even know if I read the second Hellcat or not. I just kind of mm-hmm. picked it up, and they mentioned stuff, and I'm like, ah, that I might have read that. I can't even remember. She goes get burgers with a bunch of the female, other female superheroes. I, the first issue ends with that being set up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I feel like I read that. Okay, I think but I don't know. I have no memory of it because <laughs> I feel like the release dates aren't. It, it's on me. It's not the... Uh, and I read the fifth issue of Squirrel Girl, which is the end of the first storyline. And a neat for final issue that, uh, or a neat close to the storyline, which has such a great cover. I wanted to pull it up for you guys, which is a parody oh, of wow, the classic great. Dark Knight cover yeah. where it's her, it, it's Squirrel Girl jumping alongside her older self, like yeah, their that's pretty 50s-ish self. It's a, fun, it's a really fun cover. I love that book. Was Squirrel Girl always like a just joke? Or was there a point in the past no. where she was supposed to be an actual hero? No, she was. She appeared in a one-off story. I saw this actually because Dan Slott uh, was getting Dan Slott uh, stirs up some opinions. Right. I I wouldn't know what that's like on Twitter, but um, <laughs> he gets people mad at him on Twitter. And, and this well, you one are wrong person, for having an opinion. That's for sure. This one person told him like was throwing insults at him and said, "Oh, and you're the guy who ruined uh, Spider-Man and Squirrel Girl." And they said, yeah, I ruined Squirrel Girl by taking her from her only appearance and then making her appear in in the only book she was in. And, (laughs) yeah, she was a joke. Like, she appeared in that one-off thing where she fights Doctor Doom with Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And she pretty much never appeared again until Great Lakes Avengers, the comedy book written by Dan Slott. And she just kind of took off from there Mm -hmm. and became a regular deal, though she was still... A joke character who was like, "Oh, I'm the Avengers nanny." Right. Only then, after the um, the reboot before Secret Wars in Marvel, did she get her own solo book, which is what we're still reading now. I see. She has always been a joke. Like she yeah. never had a. They never launched a Squirrel Girl number one until 2015. Right. I read. Uh, I think it was Extraordinary X Men. Just trying to keep up with that because I was so into Uncanny and All New from the last run. No, maybe I read All New. I can't even. I don't even know which was one is this which. By, was the art by Mark Bagley or Humberto Ramos? I think it was Bagley. Okay. Well, it definitely and, was on Ramos. That's for sure. Yeah. And was it by did uh, did Iceman do gay stuff? Yeah, it's that one. So okay. that's All New. That's All New. Yeah. So I read the new All New X Men. Uh, so weird to see Bagley's art still still. Yeah. It's, uh, cause, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't remember anything particularly, anything about it. Uh, Wolverine's in it. Mm-hmm. Old Man? No. It was, oh, uh, sorry. Laura, the X-23. X-23. Formerly X-23. Yeah. Oh, that's what was weird about it. Yeah, okay. So Blob is in it as like the villain. Yeah. And it opens, because I missed the prior issue, because again, I'm just not paying attention or something. Uh, I missed it. And she Blob has effectively killed Wolverine at the beginning of the book. Like it opens up with Angel like standing over her like... I know you're going to heal, but you are dead right now. And she's like super bloodied up and Blob is like, ha ha ha. (laughs) And then all the X-Men end up fighting Blob and he's like holding his own against. Well, I guess they're kid X-Men, but still. And I was like, like, when did this happen? 
Yeah. And, and then she stands up and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm all bloody, but I'll be fine. And That's quite an extreme change from Blobby. The, yeah, and then the next, the next issue is like, next time. And it's like all of them, like he's Juggernaut. And they're like all hanging off of him. And I'm like, when did Blob become wow. this strong? Yeah. It's... I know he's like, nothing moves Blob. Like, I get it. But like, that he can actually like fight back that effectively? Yeah, he, he as far as I recall, he was just a low center of gravity and nothing could hurt him. Like, <laughs> yeah. That was... Though, I mean, Wolverine could, like, stab him, and he wouldn't like that, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know. But it, it's, it, it lacks some of the fun of the old, the old all-new X-Men. Uh, <laughs> just because the premise of them being pulled in to, from the 60s to today was very strong, and it felt pretty focused. But there's just some mental break I get when they do the new number one. It's like, it has the opposite effect on me, where... I it's not it's instead not, of not, energizing you to read something. Yeah, it, it, it breaks your interest. Yeah, it, and it's not because I want the old numbering. Like I don't really care what numbers are for anything. It's nah. more, it's more like you felt this was necessary for sales, but that means there had to be some kind of conclusion to what just happened mm-hmm. to justify in, in even the basic sense a new number one. Well, with the X Men, it's even more extreme. Where they you know oh, yeah we were, we're talking, War, yeah yeah we were talking about Squirrel Girl or and and same with Howard the Duck. Those got to keep their creative teams and really just like, oh, and it's eight months later, we have a new stat, we have new status quos, but it's the same book. Yeah. But with X Men, it's like, no, all new writers, all new casts, yeah. like everything shaken up, big time. And it's I, I seem to get in a habit of reading extraordinary and all new because I was so into uncanny and all new that I had a very clear sense of mm. what the whole X Men world was doing. And now I, I kind of slipped for too long, and yeah. now I can't. Well, it could get more focused when Bendis was the only one writing the, the X books that matter. Yeah. And now when it's split between a couple writers, it's, it gets uh, more But between reading all these comics and watching all these shows, it's getting ridiculous. <laughs> well, Dave, yeah. The Walking Dave, let's uh, turn to you now. Speaking of reading comics and watching shows or even playing video games. Well, ironically, uh, I didn't watch the show. I read the show. Uh, I didn't get to watch the new Walking Dead, but so you read the results. I, yes, <laughs> went to uh, WrestleZone.com <laughs> and looked up the Walking Dead spoilers. Though I, I kind of regret, like I watched the premiere or half season premiere or whatever, and uh, you know it was somewhat eventful. But the latest episode, a lot of shit went down. Mm. For one thing, they introduced Jesus, who's been a like very Whoa, vital Jesus. person in yeah in the, in the comics. Jesus, yeah, Jesus, yeah, more. <laughs> Important than that, uh, and something that can't be done in the... Well, could be done in the comics, but wouldn't make sense right now because in the comics, Rick is still with uh, Andrea, who is long dead on the show because yeah. she was kind of a flop as a character on the show. Yeah. But uh, perfect timing for the newly uh, released Walking Dead Michonne video game. Uh, Rick and Michonne. Wowie, yeah. Hooked up, yeah. Michonne, as yeah. the shippers call them. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't the button I meant. That's the relationship. But, but it, it makes more sense on the show because, like, they are by far the two. Well, no, I guess, I guess what's his face? Uh, Daryl is. Daryl's people still the and Ka- Daryl and Carol. People love them, but uh, Michonne and Rick are like the two two of the biggest characters on the show. And why, why not put them together? Rick was like with had a romance with some not like rando. Uh, Alexandria mom for a bunch of uh, episodes. <laughs> yeah, and then and she died. Gets oh yeah, they both. Her and the kid get eaten, don't they? Yeah, they and fall it was, behind. That happened pretty much out in the comics, didn't it? Yeah, I, I can barely remember. Like, did Rick have a romance with the? Yeah, mom? he was like, all right now, or he at least was friendly with her. Uh, and yeah. he's like, okay, guys, we got to move fast. It's yeah. zombies. Oh no, they fell behind. Your son sucks. Just, Ergo, you suck. And he's and like, bleh. I'm not gonna let you kill my son yeah. by through crappy in action so mm-hmm. you can just die mm-hmm. 
Not the button, damn But I, I will, I still, even though I read the results, the results, I keep saying the <laughs> uh, I'm still going to watch it just because I am, I am invested in the saga of Carl's uh, eyeball. Because uh, Carl? It, Car- Carl, but how, how are they going to make him, him, like, a regular character <laughs> with fucking prosthetics like that? I, I mean, just uh, put an eye patch on him. You can't cover that shit with an eye patch. Well, did you see the, um... <laughs> I think I saw somebody on Facebook was... Uh, it's been a trend I'm seeing mm. where if somebody gets a particularly gory injury on a mm. TV show, they then take a picture of that and make a fake post that says, this kid was injured mm. in real life or whatever and retweet to save his life or something <laughs> like that. Like thoughts and prayers mm. type thing. It's this, a new way to troll on the yeah. Facebooks. The thing yeah. is, I, if there's one thing I hate on Facebook, it is autoplaying videos oh, yeah. of like horrible injuries that say like, this camel, you won't. This this is a horrible trust he's done. Mm. This camel, like, please don't autoplay this. Like, <laughs> I don't want to see this happen to this poor camel. And then, yeah, we also we streamed the uh, first episode of Walking Dead Michonne, and that, yeah. was, that was pretty neat. You can watch it. We we did. We tried to. You know, we, we got, had to stop. We I tried think, to get. Yeah, the we're, we got about I think three quarters through. Yeah, but it's a long game. I mean, they, I mean it's a long ep- it's a long episode and. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. fun, and uh, her character was written well, and she was yeah. a fucking badass, the biggest yes. badass that a Telltale game. I ever think there's seen. more zombie killing in that game than like the entire season two of The uh, Walking Dead from <laughs> Telltale. Well, it was very expensive to kill. Yes. Them. No, I love the yeah. I I really I really like what we saw of it. And mm. in case you didn't listen in the break, mm. I will have and did. Uh, <laughs> tell you how to win copies of it. I've got a couple to give away, yeah. but I'm going to say it in the break, so you better not have skipped that break. <laughs> or skip back right now, and then skip back to here. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, did you guys watch the last episode of it? I did not, because no. like, everything <laughs> I'd heard of X-Files mm. was just I want to watch it just because everyone I love... I want to believe yeah. it's good, but the it's... Cigarette uh, Smoky Man's back, Reyes yeah. is back. I want to. I just want to see them again. They're I'm like so yeah. burnt, burned by that fucking Suicide Bomber episode. Oh, but just what about the episode bit. with... Uh, with uh, the guy from Flight of the Concords. No, that one. one was great. Like yeah. the the middle three or four yeah. were great. The first one was like weak, but I'm willing yeah. to put up with it because like okay, fine, we get us up to speed. Second episode slightly better. Third mm-hmm. episode better. Fourth yeah. fine. Fifth hated that episode for multiple reasons. Yeah. And then the sixth is the end of it, and I'm like, uh, guess the 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 overwhelming lukewarm mm-hmm. reaction and the number of other things I need to do with my time. I'm like, I kind of I have no I feel mm. no. Like wow. we don't need feel to a real wa- push to watch no because I'm like basically it's like it didn't end it's still mm. ended in the ninth season as far as I'm concerned yeah. like it's like what this this no whole... dog it no uh, yeah no show no yeah. I didn't like hearing the I mean that first episode of just them saying now nah, it was all a trick the whole time all that stuff no you mm. showed shit that can't be a trick yeah. like yeah. that giant spaceship wasn't <laughs> a trick yeah they <laughs> built a multi billion dollar spaceship in the Antarctic and yeah. well, I guess it was technology we got from them what? uh, whatever. But Dave, let's matter. talk about your homework. Those middle three yeah. are fine. Uh, so, uh, last week, uh, I I gave myself the homework of uh, the what was it Gotham Gotham Central, Central yeah. without it being. I apologize. In hand. Yes, we, we assumed it would be easy to find. Right, <laughs> uh, Samuel on Twitter said I would never get to it, and he was right. Because uh, only because you, I, we couldn't, we get can't it in find hand. it. It's yeah. because you know we've been doing uh, uh, Chris has been doing renovation around here. Huh. If it's found, when it's found, I'm going to be uh, positive about this. When it's found. 
I will read it, mm-hmm. and I will try to also read the second book because uh, Samuel said that there's a great Joker story in there. But it is uh, good. That is true. Uh, I did finish the coffin, which I really liked. I, I had not read the final issue at the time that we did it last time. I'm more into and, the, the wheezing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a Pokemon joke. <laughs> Happy twentieth anniversary, Pokemon. <laughs> Uh, but I really like, yeah, the last issue is great because it kind of, like, I mean, there's the final confrontation against, or between the guy in the coffin and the extremely old guy. Sorry, they don't have the names handy, but, uh, <laughs> but there, it's just, a, there's like, it just really weirdly hit me at the end where, like, the, just about life and death and family and all that, and it just kind and of. heaven t- is real and yeah. you better make peace mm-hmm. with your God now, buddy. But that that also was a with the, what, it was a religious yeah. tract I was giving you secretly. Uh. Yeah, I've got some good news for you. Uh, I want to hear it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and, and, like, there was plenty of action, too. Uh, it, it all came together really well, which is why I give it an A. An A. Not an A+. Um, that was not the one. <laughs> okay, well. Oh, wait, I, I also read oh. uh, issue number five of Back to the Future uh, by IDW. This is the last. In, so they did five issues of just, like, weird side stories that I can't even tell, like, is this canon or what? Because they're all filling in blanks. Oh, like how and, Marty met Doc or... Yeah, stuff, stuff like that. And just even small things like, oh, this is how we got the DeLorean, blah, blah, blah. So this one, I think, was... It, no, it is my favorite of the five so far. Because the stories that they tell are kind of like... There's more emotion to them. And they're kind of covering things that I'm more interested in. Like the first half of the comic is Clara's story. Oh. Which you never really hear about. Yeah. Um, but I want to see more Mary Steen version. Yeah. So it's really good, and it's talking about how she was, like, you know, an introvert and, like, more interested in, in um, education and things like that and not, in, you know, being a 1850s party girl or whatever. <laughs> uh, but then Showing how she, her ankles yeah. all over town. But then how she met Doc and how, they, how they hit it off. And then... The one thing I didn't like is kind of how it how she wanted to go time traveling with him when it was like why that didn't really seem at all obvious in the movie and it's kind of interesting that I mean she yeah. liked all those Jules Verne books yeah you know, she had a sense of adventure but then she slapped him when he said he was a time traveler mm-hmm. but then the second half of the book is Doc uh, when he went to eight, 1985 and everything was fucked up uh, him oh, the Biff eighty five yeah uh, him visiting himself in nineteen eighty five that version of nineteen eighty five and it's really weird. Uh, but him in an insane asylum, right? Yeah, so wow. you get yeah that version of him. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to so starting with six, they're gonna have like longer stories and what they can do with that because I think that they'd only originally planned to do five issues. It was kind of a test to see if people yeah. would keep reading after the uh, after the anniversary was over. I wondered if yeah. they thought like eh, nobody will care once the anniversary is over, will they? But I, I yeah, I want to see like a a really good long form Back to the Future story. You know, I love Telltale's Walking Dead games, but the Back to the Future game was not great. Uh, long form storytelling, but this, yeah, and it's, and Bob Gale is attached to it, so it's uh, it should be He's interesting. The, you know, Zemeckis is a busy man, but Bob Gale yeah. is there to at least like. Put yeah. a stamp of approval saying, like, yeah, if I'd have done this, I'd yeah. have done this. Zemeckis is, uh, he's doing a, a comic about a tightrope walker now, just the movie. Yeah. By the way, Dave, did you hear Crispin Glover mm-hmm. was on WTF a few weeks ago, and he talked about how his side of things in the Eric Stoltz getting fired mm-hmm. thing was just, it made him very uncomfortable. He's like, I shot all my scenes with Eric, and then I had to redo them all. Uh. And it was, he was not happy about the Stoltz recasting. Hmm. And, uh, but anyway, Dave... 
There's a whole fresh batch yeah. of homework this week. This is the first new pile of wow. homework we've had in over a month, I'd say. Since, it's a homework uh, reboot. In 2016. It's mm-hmm. a, it's all a new, reboot. all different homework. <laughs> uh, so let me pull up the five in the stack Ooh. here. Some of these I recognize. So first off, we've got Manhunter Volume 1. This is an interesting book of a uh, woman who... Uh, uh, a, a woman who is a lawyer in the world of DC Comics, a mm-hmm. defense attorney, who decides to take the law into her own hands and makes herself a superhero. And it's a really cool, like, single mom killing ah. supervillain story. I really like it. I think I read that one. It was good. Yeah. Uh, and then we got New Avengers Breakout, which this was the first time the new the Avengers had ever had on their team uh, Spider-Man, yeah. Wolverine, all the most popular characters. Mm-hmm. And this is the story that brings them all together. It is a new era in Avengers books written by Brian Michael Bendis. Mm. It's, it's a nice starting point. It's like for that. seven status quos ago, by the way. <laughs> uh, and then the first volume of Iron Fist. Ooh. You know, Iron mm. Fist is soon going to get his own TV show. Also this, good. This is what made Iron Fist cool and exciting again, written by Ed Brubaker and Matt Fraction with David Aja. Two of those guys would go on, Ajahn Fraction would go on to do the Hawkeye book, which is so, so nice. very good. And then uh, we've got Alan Moore's Across the DC Universe, which is all of the DC single-issue stories Alan Moore did before deciding that superhero comics are the worst thing in the world. Mm. <laughs> never do them again. Uh, but this includes For the Man Who Has Everything, the Justice League episode we watched together. Ah. And then lastly, Catwoman, Volume 1, also by Ed Brubaker. This is... Uh, trail of Catwoman and is a really cool down-to-earth thing that stopped making Selena Kyle like a woman in a purple outfit with boobs the size of soccer balls <laughs> and instead made her more intriguing, like deep, more ethically uh, malleable, flexible character who still has had tons of sex appeal, mm. but on her own terms. Uh-huh. All right, so Ooh. those are the five, Dave. So quite I, a, quite a stack. All of those except for the Alan Moore one. Wow. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, they're all good. Uh, let's see. I will go with uh, the Avengers. Okay, Avengers, Avengers Breakout. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is like the one I would have not read again. But uh, uh, it's, well, it's because up to you, you know it doesn't. It, like, the first story is great. I think it just doesn't go well. It's, it's really good. Well, I don't want to. We'll talk about it next yeah. week. Yeah. After yeah, after a very non superhero book, I want a very okay, superhero no, book. Uh, I think that has Purple Man in it, right? It does. Yeah. Have it does indeed, Brett. Yeah, so he if you watch Jessica, if you have watched Jessica Jones, he has a prominent, ah, a prominent role in the I beginning. I have watched a couple episodes. Only a, I want to watch more. Uh, man, Dave, even I'm disappointed in you, and I didn't yeah. finish it until early 2016. <laughs> All right, let's quickly get into the question of the week replies. Last week we asked, who would you cast as Cable? To the Matt Cave said... I'd pick Jensen Ackles for the role. I think he's a good actor and old enough now that, with makeup and white hair, he could look uh, he could look the part and still be young enough. Uh, he's also shown how badass he can be with weapons on 11 seasons of Supernatural. It shows you why I hadn't heard of J- Jensen Ackles, because he's <laughs> on the show Supernatural. Uh, John Winslow said, aside from Avatar Stephen Lang, who's already taken to f- Facebook to campaign for the role, and uh, Stephen Lang on Avatar was the military dude who yeah yeah see nobody i i have to say that because like who remembers anything about about avatar (laughs) but i remember that guy and yeah he seems like a great cable uh but john wizzle continues i've got to say kevin nash looks like he could do it acting ability though (laughs) 
But then again, the fan art of Kira Knightley as Cable is pretty badass. And there is several... Yeah, it's, it was a joke on... Somebody made really good fan art of what if Kira Knightley was Cable. Wow. And that has now turned into a joke campaign, which with the casting in Deadpool, I wouldn't put it past them. But also, like, I feel like they need to cast Cable in a straightforward way because he has to be... His whole thing is that he is Mr. Super Serious to Deadpool. Yeah. So I still haven't seen the movie. I'm, I'm guessing there's some tease or something about Cable. I mean, spoilers for Deadpool real quick. At the very end in the teaser, it's just Deadpool coming out and little, literally saying, oh yeah, we will have Cable in the next one. Haven't even <laughs> cast him yet, but we'll have him. Like, All right, bye. Oh, that's funny. Spoiler over. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> By the way, Brad, I thought you would have watched all of Deadpool because it was on Facebook. Somebody, I'm not going to watch that. Somebody pasted, posted the entire film, like, a, like filmed off the screen in a theater. Yeah, on a phone, just as a post on Facebook. And I, I watched, like, the first five minutes, and I'm like, I'm, this is not how I'm going to watch yeah, this. Yeah, on, uh, on a phone. On a phone that was taped also by a phone. Yeah, it was just like, this is this is not fair. Well, Brad, maybe you and Dave should just go on a date after mm. this and go check, check out Deadpool together. Uh, Brandolph said, picture Kiefer Sutherland with a beard and gray hair, and you've got Can't yourself a cable. He's already worked with Fox, so I think it would fit well. The weirdest thing is that I would want to, like, if if it was, like, ten years from now, I would want Hugh Jackman to play cable. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you want somebody with the actual Rob Liefeld muscles, T3XH had the best suggestion. If he could act, Brock Lesnar would be perfect. Oh, yeah. Brock Lesnar has a cartoon body. Like, yeah, that's true. Even more so than Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash is a buff-ass dude, yeah. but... Uh, Mem- you'd have to get Paul Heyman in every scene and just be weird. <laughs> you'd have to say all the lines for him. <laughs> Mem Insane Rain said, uh, "My uh, he might be getting along in age, but my per- choice for Cable would be Ron Perlman. He oh, has yeah. the size and the gruff, no-nonsense voice, and the attitude that Cable had in the comics. Yeah. Hopefully he still has the get-up-and-go to deal with the murk with the mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I can see that, though. I love he, that he was great as Hellboy, and that somehow yeah. uh, the idea of him as Cable, I'm like, yeah, totally. Though the, I never watched Sons of Anarchy, but the clips of it I saw, I was like, you are old as fuck, <laughs> Ron Perlman. Oh, yeah, he's you are really... Uh, Gur Snort said Mickey Rourke was halfway there wow, in the yeah. looks department for Sin City. Give him some pouches and a glowing mm-hmm. yellow eye, and add in the fact that he's a decent actor and he's a dead ringer for cable. And maybe give him some whips that conduct electricity. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, oh, fuck. I forgot. <laughs> Iron Man 2 is such a gray yeah. zone for me of like, oh, yeah, that was a Marvel film. Mm-hmm. Iron Man 2. That's right. Yeah. And that had Mickey Rourke in it as Whiplash. That's, That's during right. his uh, yeah. one-year renaissance. When people <laughs> were like, hey, we could cast Mickey Rourke in things. And mm-hmm. got to think Mickey Rourke still didn't have his act together behind the scenes. Right. That would explain why he didn't keep... Mm. I'm just throwing gossip at Mickey Rourke <laughs> now, which maybe he doesn't deserve it. I don't mm. know. Uh, I did love the running joke on 30 Rock that she had a story about Mickey Rourke. Jenny Marona, mm. Jenna Maroney, Jen- had stories about Mickey Rourke all the time. Like, I... I haven't been this excited since Mickey Rourke threw me out of his car. <laughs> and lastly, Type 40 Comics said, John Hamm. He is a great actor, and I have no doubt he'd make a great cable, although mm. it would be weird to see him with short, gray-white hair. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't have the stature nah. to be cable. I mean, if, he, if he'd if he been cast as Superman 20 years ago, or if uh, they could just could de-age him 20 years, yeah. he could be Superman. But All right, now this week's Question of the Week. So... We've got another DC reboot upon us. So the question I ask to you guys, if you could reboot one thing within DC, 
Or what would you add to the DC Rebirth? Like, what would be a book you'd like to see return or a new turn that would happen or maybe pick a creative team you'd like to see on a book and name the character? Like, I'll go first. Like, I think one of my favorite 90s characters and the first Green Lantern I read regularly wasn't Hal Jordan, wasn't Guy Gardner, right. wasn't John Stewart. It was Kyle Rayner. Right. A lot of people don't like Kyle Rayner. I really enjoyed him. He maybe because... His creator, Ron Mars, even said, I wrote him to be Peter Parker as Green Lantern. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he is a Peter Parker type. But I really enjoyed him. And that he kind of took the backseat to Hal Jordan when he came back and kind of doesn't exist now in, in, yeah. in the new DC 52. Or he barely was in it. Like, he got... He was around, but he didn't really matter all that much. Like, I want to see him brought back into the forefront and have his own book again. And there there are going to be a couple of Green Lantern books, though I don't know what kind of part he's going to play. So I just hope to see Kyle Rayner back in the superhero spotlight. <laughs> careful. Here. Oh, careful. You gotta... Kyle Rayner first appeared in Green Lantern number 48 oh, no. back in 1994. And, uh... Collect your hero. All right, thank God. Uh man, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know enough about DC's characters. So, was there at least like an old DC book you enjoy that you'd want to see come back? Like, no, I don't know. What? Well, okay, <laughs> Gotham Central. They start doing Gotham Central again. Yeah, what I mean, I, but it's also like they did it and they did it so well. I'm like, I kind of don't know that I need more. I like, I liked what they. But had more is and... always better. No, <laughs> no good story can just end. You got to have more. Yeah, the only thing I would like, <laughs> I really did like the Swamp Thing Animal Man. Yeah. mix up stuff, but again, I felt they explored it pretty well. Well, but mm. I wouldn't mind if there could be more with those two characters because there's a new Swamp Thing that I haven't read. Yeah, but yeah. I remember you mentioned in the superhero spotlight about Swamp Thing, it was mm. kind of undoing some of the a bit. Yeah, it's a plant that thinks it's the guy, and in this now it is, it is a guy. It is the guy, yeah. which is less interesting. To that me. was six episodes ago. Give it a listen, guys. Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I was not. It, it was definitely a comic that when it was over, I definitely didn't feel over with it. I was like, I could have kept reading reading this, um, which is how I felt about Gotham Central, and then it went off the rails. But uh, yeah, I'd probably go something like that, or at least some kind of clean start to Flash, so that I feel like I can jump back in. Yeah, yeah, I really, I you know, just talking about Captain Cold at the open of the show, just reminding me, like, I just want Johns back on Flash. Like his Flash was so good. Yeah, because I, 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 I would like any excuse to read Flash, and I don't, I haven't even read it now to know it's not good, but. Mm-hmm. I, Dave? Uh, I'm blanking right now, so I'm going to say a Captain Cold and Mr. Freeze team up. Okay. <laughs> That'll be great. You can answer on lasertimepodcast.com slash forums, and there'll be a link to it on this week's episode page, which, as always, you can find on lasertimepodcast.com, which is the home to so much wonderful mm-hmm. content, such as Oscar Time 2016, where we talk oh. at length about the 2016 Oscars and every film in the Oscars. Featuring gets zero two. comic book movies? Uh, yeah, zero. You just, you just you wait. One of these days <laughs> it'll be up there. But yeah, it, uh, we talk at length about it. Even wrote some funny sketches. Uh, and, any, and also the newest Talking Simpsons this week was all about... Uh, oh. Uh, oh, yeah, it was about yeah, uh, Lisa's Substitute. That was it, the <clears throat> Mr. Bergstrom episode. Touching, mm-hmm. touching episode, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also do VG Empire, the video game music podcast I do every week. I do appreciate your comments on the site, so I know that people are enjoying it. This week we did an episode about Warcraft 1, 2, and 3. What a special with guest. With our guest Tim Turry, yeah. formerly of Game Informer. But he came on to talk when you and Henry, uh, well, he and Henry. Yes. You and he. Uh, <laughs> who Who is... Who is who what? am I? Oh, God, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> but, yeah, we talked about... 
one, two, and three, because uh, it's a lot of good music there. Recent episodes also include uh, Splatoon. We did a Mario RPG episode, uh, Lost Vikings, Super NES game Lagoon, which I know you're all familiar wow. with. Yeah. Um, but also 302010, the weekly pop culture time capsule show that talks about what happened that week 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And related to comic books, I would also say uh, I'm going to try to do a new recurring thing. It's already scheduled. To, it's a scheduled post, guys. It's already, it's already done. Wow. On Saturdays, go to latestimepodcast.com. Oh, boy. Uh, it's just uh, before I quit my job, I had, a, like for the last 10 years, had dozens of figures all An over my desk. An incredible collection of figures. From Marvel Legends and, and, and other lines. And I finally, as I was leaving, I, I'm going to take a picture of every one of these that I'm not keeping and take pictures from multiple hmm. angles and then I'm just going to write about them. So the one, there's one going up this Saturday. It'll be a, kind of the first one. So if you want to see me take a bunch of pictures of Ultron figures hmm. and write about them, hmm. uh, go to podcast.com. Come this Saturday, uh, which is a date reference that will make sense only this week. And never again. But odds are, by the time you're listening to this, it might be up. So. This is also Cheap Podcast, the pro wrestling podcast that I host. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about uh, Fastlane and Shane McMahon coming back. A lot yeah. of crazy, crazy stuff. Those are like comic books, but in real yeah. life. It's true. And uh, there's That's also my new favorite button on this. There's also video game. <laughs> also video game apocalypse, which uh, this week will have three special guests. Uh, this mm-hmm. goes up before, so no spoilies. But one's at the table yeah. right now. But. Uh, <laughs> You could maybe guess the other initials are DR. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!